Hello and welcome to episode 34 of Big Boss Battles Big Boss Babble. I'm Terry Jeffries and uh, this week I'm joined by Dan. Hello. And Leo. Hello. Uh, this week we've decided to talk about remasters and remakes. This has been brought up by the fact that uh, Mist is uh, being re-released for the 15,000th time. And uh, sort of it's a question more about when should they be done? How should they be done? And things like that. We'll go to you first, uh, Leo, because you had some thoughts on the aforementioned Mist. Yeah, I think Mist is quite a nice example because Mist has been remastered and re-released, but not quite in the same form all the time. With the original Mist, this was essentially the slideshow. And then the Mist, where you could actually move in a 3D environment later. And then now we have the same 3D Mist, but better looking and for modern machines. So I think that's actually kind of nice because Mist, so they, they're not just remaking the same game and trying to uh, cash in on the same game, but they're actually advancing the game in a bit in a way that's that goes along with how games have evolved. And of course you could argue that the latest remake isn't really necessary because they've done the, the real Mist, the 3D Mist, uh, quite a while ago, but I think that's actually quite nice and depending on where the game's from, if it's from the DOS era, you can often run it in DOSBox, but if it's from maybe the mid to late 90s and it was made for like Windows 98 or 16-bit systems, then it might be impossible to run under modern operating systems, so the remake might also be the only way you can play certain games now, like Grim Fandango was notoriously difficult to oh, yeah, run I'm, under. Yeah, I remember under, having a VM running that. Yes, so there was an addition for XP, even that had issues, but Grim Fandango was notoriously difficult to run. Occasionally, even under the operating systems was designed for that. Yeah. So I think that's a, a case where a remake is definitely justified. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I think some of my favorite remakes were the um, the ones that came out on the PlayStation 3, where they'd remade sort of PlayStation 2 games that were really good. And obviously, not only have they made them, you know, upscaled them to HD, every single one of them, which was it was exciting for me at the time, supported 3D. And I've got a 3D TV... So I was quite happy that I could play Sly, Sly the Thief, or Sly the Fox. I can't remember which one it was. Yeah. What's it called? The trilogy, the Sly trilogy. This, it was just the Sly trilogy, wasn't it? But, yeah. But yeah, being able to play that, which was a, a, a favourite of mine from the PlayStation 2, in high def and in stereoscopic 3D. It was absolutely amazing. And like Shadow of the Colossus as well. That's why I haven't bothered to get the new remake on PlayStation 4, because it's not in 3D. I'll just play my PlayStation 3 version <laughs> instead. That's but fair. I like that because, it, cause like you said, it brought them up to sort of modern standards and put in more modern features of that era. And yeah, every every single... I can't remember, because it, it was actually, was it called PS2 Classics? Yeah, yeah. Something like that. But literally every single game that came out on that, that PS2 Classics line supported 3D. And it was it was fantastic. It was just like a default feature of those remakes, and it was brilliant. So like Metal Gear Two and Three, you could play in three D, and and some of the Final Fantasy games I think even came out. Final Fantasy X came out on that as well. But yeah, I that I, I liked those remakes because yeah, three D was big for me at the time. I know overall it hasn't been very popular, 
um, and it kind of flopped in the home, but I liked it. I thought it was cool. <laughs> I mean, I suppose it's the difference between a reissuing and a remaster and a the other the other term i suppose the the full remake yeah the full remake and and yeah there's probably other formats as well but i think we don't really need reissuings they don't happen too much now uh and repackagings which i'm surprised by but things like the hd collections and the re the the regrouping things i know that as terry said there were a bunch of new features on them but things like the kind of everyone went a bit mad was the splinter cell trilogy and the prince of persia trilogy and the assassin's creed trilogy and they were just are bunching, you, bunching sorry, all of sorry, these. Are you, yeah bunching stuff together but you're talking about more like the 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 spate of like the playstation platinum collection and the nintendo classics collection where they reissue see now that makes sense but I I think that games should really be treated like they're evergreen anyway. Uh, I think it's partially retail's fault and buying habits fault that we don't still have anything except for with Nintendo uh, from say X amount of years ago on the on the shelf or in the chart that uh, we've talked about before. Escape Free, haven't we? Uh, yeah. Escape Free was made so popular again because I think PewDiePie started playing it that EA actually sent some more to print and. But most importantly, it wasn't EA sending more to print. It was the fact that shops were actually willing to buy it because they realised that customers were going to going to you know actually buy it. But these companies have always had the facility to print more copies. It's just the last ten fifteen years there's been next to no reason for more copies to ever be ordered because they just buy in a massive bulk when it first comes out, and then eventually it disappears from shelves, which means the browsing customers only buy the pre-owned copies instead. So, but I was talking, I wasn't talking about those, the kind of evergreens. Although it is a shame that Microsoft and Sony don't do their own ranges of those. Nintendo have always done it very well. And with Microsoft, the Xbox 360 Classics, wasn't it? That well, did I, quite think, well. I think every, because I mean, like you see, your PlayStation, you had the Platinum yeah. uh, collection. And Nintendo's always had their, I can't remember, Player's Choice? Uh, that sounds familiar. Uh, the essentials as well. Essentials or something. But yeah, pretty much every platform has always had their own um, sort of, like you say, they they bring out their every, they, you know, they reprint their games that are really popular. Last generation though, uh, Microsoft and Sony, the, that was basically abandoned about midway through. Yeah. Uh, and it was only, I, I suspect it wasn't abandoned by Microsoft and Sony. That said, I suspect on a on a UK retail level, they the retailers didn't see any point in the campaign, and so it was only when they got offered a deal on all of the games that they bought them in, and all of a sudden we had wall space on them again. But uh, yeah. it wasn't it wasn't that that I was talking about so much. It was more when they kind of when because Ubisoft were obviously doing it, and so were Sony doing it as well. But when they were just bunching some older titles together to get them back on the shelves as well. And that seemed a little bit unnecessary because, like I said, in my opinion, you should have that back catalogue live at all points in time anyway. I don't, I don't know. I mean, it it depends. It's Especially, say, for example, like the Assassin's Creed games. I, they, they did some packages, or say, for example, like the Bioshock games. They did the Bioshock remasters, but... 
Hang on, no, that's not a bad example. I'm trying to think of a specific example. It is. No, no, no. Oh, that's, no, Enchanted, yeah. uh, Uncharted. Yep. For example, right? So they bought out the Uncharted collection. Yep. But the reason they bought out the Uncharted collection is because the new Uncharted 4 was going to be the first one on the PlayStation 4. So people that didn't have a 3 might not have played the original 3. Yep. So they bundled them together and put them on the PS4, so which makes back, a lot of sense. So is back catalogue the problem here? Because we, the reason we laugh about Myst is the fact that we could have two or three copies of it sitting next to us right now that we can put into our CD drive and or floppy drive if we've got one of those plugged in and get it going again, right? Well, like, but like Leo said, old, older PC games can be a complete pain in the ass to get running. Uh, yes, technically, in inverted commas, they should work. It's not always the case. And Myst, like he mentioned, was one of the <laughs> uh, problem cases of so running as, the original game on a modern operating system is not happening. So as a website, yeah. should we be making more of a fanfare about games getting the GOG treatment? Uh, I think it depends. I think there's there's several reasons why games get re-released. Of course, there's always the commercial aspect. Some some games will, will make money again when they get reissued. But I think for some games it is worth celebrating if they get re-released. Because that might be like the, the first time you can actually get them. And I think it might also be a good way to preserve them, especially if it's a game that's came out in the 16-bit era, because those games, or if it's a game that, that's designed to run onto Windows 3.1, those aren't always easy to get running on a modern machine. Or worse, if it's a licensed game that may or may not be ever published again. There's a couple of Star Wars games that were recently re-released, and the only way to play them previously was to get an old physical copy because the license agreement had expired and it had to be renewed before they could could be sold digitally. And you could argue how how much humanity really needs Star Wars Podracer. But <laughs> that, that put aside, I think it's still I think it's still laudable if those games get preserved, because that doesn't always happen. The Wii U shop closed down. Yep. And there are some games that are on there. If you haven't, if you didn't download them before, uh, closed down, they're gone forever. Yeah. There are some games like Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, the video game, that's no longer available. So if you don't have that on your machine right now, you cannot play it. And, and uh, Lord of the Rings: Battle for Middle Earth. That's true as well, because I, I, I assume it's because of the license agreement. So it doesn't always happen. But I think there are some games that are definitely worth preserving for for future generations and it's very difficult to do so due to technical limitations so if they do get a remaster I think the we shouldn't discount the cultural aspect even though that may not always be the, the publisher's first motivation yeah. and it's, it might sound a bit silly if you say oh we need to culturally preserve a game that came out four years ago and it's no longer available but for future generations it might be quite interesting to still have access to this and especially considering how relatively spoken easy it is to do with, dis- with, di- with digital products as opposed to let's say physical board games where you just have to rely on people keeping physical copies yeah you do bring up an interesting uh, point though which is the, the licensing uh, part of it because obviously that's why a lot of games uh, disappear like the Scott Pilgrim game disappeared and there was that uh, Marvel game that uh, it was a while ago, and Marvel vs. Capcom 2, that's why it disappeared from the Xbox 360 and the PlayStation 3 store, the licenses ran out. 
That has and to be a, a licensing nightmare because that has like 30 characters. Oh yeah, from definitely. all over the place. But but it, but it brings up an interesting point of of when a remake does happen, how they go about dealing with licenses. Oh, for example, that's a good point. For example, I think so. <clears throat> sometimes something very very simple can have such a big impact on the game that it's just not the same game anymore. And the big one for me was Crazy Taxi. Yeah, I was going to say this. So, what if you turn on Taxi? if you turn on Crazy Taxi and it doesn't immediately start playing? Um, what's the song, Dan? Well, it's, it's by Our well, Offspring because that's the first song that always goes, plays. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. If, you, if you turn on Crazy Taxi yeah. and it doesn't do that, that ruins the game for me, and I cannot play all it. All I want. All I want, yeah. yeah. If it doesn't well, immediately yeah. play all my all, when I press start, if it doesn't play all I want, I I'm, I can't enjoy it. It's yeah. just it, think, it was it's such an yeah. integral part of the game for me that I just can't enjoy the later versions. It, and it it's also be, smaller yeah. things like KFC's not in the game, Pizza Hut's not in the game. They're all like generic things. Oh, yeah, I didn't even think of that, but that would be like playing one of the old Tony Hawk games without the soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, because those Tony Hawk games. The soundtrack was half the game. Yeah, I think it without was. that, it, it would just be a generic uh, game. And I think that's it's not only that the soundtrack is good; it also captures the era, like the, the spirit, yeah, the era and the spirit. Just like like you mentioned with with Crazy Taxi, that that's just part of the the legacy almost. Yeah, and yeah, it's, it was it was just so weird when I first turned it on and that music didn't play. I was like, what what is this? And I just I just didn't want to play it. It was just like, I, no, it just doesn't work. And then I think for some reason they managed to release a mobile version and they got the licenses back. And yeah, it was a bit of it was a bit of a weird situation. Yeah, I think the mobile versions actually got the same, has got the right music, but the the PC and the console reissues haven't. Yeah. And it's an interesting that's point odd. because I read the other day that um, it's one of the things that's holding up the remakes of Shenmue. It's the sim- oh. pure amount of licensed stuff that was in that game. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. There was all the, oh, yeah, you, know, you know, every product in the, in the shops that you could go to was a licensed real product in real life. And, and yeah, there, there's so much stuff in there that they put in because the game cost them so much to make in the first place. It was product placement, the game, and they're having so much issue with like having to replace things. Some things they've got licenses for, some they haven't. And yeah, it's, a, it's apparently a bit of a nightmare at the moment. But it will be good to see how they how it comes out at the end. Yeah, f- fishing, the, most, the world's most realistic fishing village simulator. And forklift truck simulator. That's true. <laughs> Such it, also, it almost would have been the world's most realistic boat trip to Hong Kong simulator, but <laughs> that that never surfaced. Yeah, yeah, that would have been number. Yeah. Well, that would have been number three. So we might see it. We might see yeah. it. Who knows? That that brings up another point, and I think that's the like the difference between the remake and the remaster. So there's there's some games who have both, like Resident Evil 1 famously has... Well, there's the original Resident Evil. Then there's the reissue with the, the DualShock version. Yeah. With like some new costumes and stuff. Then there's the remake. And then there's the reissue of the remake in HD. So if you're for the full experience, you probably need to get the game bought four times. <laughs> and then also if, if you want to get the uncut intro cutscene as well, that's not easy. And I think 
Uh, that's my, my general opinion is that I, I want I want all the cakes and have them too, which generally means I want the the original version, and then also the the new version. Yeah. Just because I think it's uh, it's kind of important to see maybe not even to just play the game and say oh the old version is better, but also to to see where the game come from. It's a bit like having the director's cut of a film, and also always like to have the cinematic cut, just to see what what people saw back in the day when the film first came out. I think just like that's also nice to see how the game originally was. And not not every game does that. Occasionally there might be technical difficulties, but uh, some games do, or some games kind of do it. When Blizzard released the HD uh, version of StarCraft, they made the original StarCraft free. So you can essentially now get it for no cost. Yes. So yeah. if, effectively, if you get the the HD remake, you can get the the old version on top of that because it's free. So there's no additional cost for you. And I think that's kind of nice. See, I, I like it that in recent times, companies have done it the other way around. So they've reissued a game, and if you own the original, you get the new one for free. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, so uh, Bioshock did it. They re-released Bioshock 1 and 2. It's a PC mostly thing, isn't it? Like on oh, yeah, Skyrim, on PC, you yeah, got yeah. the legendary that's, upgrade, didn't you? Um, that's surprisingly generous. Yeah. Yeah, so Bioshock 1 and 2, if you had those games, they gave you the HD versions for free. Um, Skyrim, if you had the game and all the DLC, they gave you the legendary edition for free as well. Um, I know yeah, that there's, there's a few other games. With a couple of games, there's a couple of games where they have the, the DOS version and the Windows version. If the game had both, even if the DOS version is inferior, you can just get both of them, which I think is quite nice as well. Yeah. That also so, kind of brings. So, what what do you guys think? When is so? When is an actual remaster justified as opposed to just a reissue that runs under modern operating systems or on your newest console, whichever one it is? When would you say is the actual remaster, not just the remake. Oh, sorry, the the remake, not just the remaster. Uh, justified. So, I think uh, it's it's hard it's hard to say because I mean, is a, is a remake? Would you consider, say, for example, um, two th- was it two thousand fourteen's Tomb Raider? Would that be a remake? Uh because it tells the origin story again. Uh, uh, yeah, that's a kind of good question, which I admittedly can't answer. Yeah, that's mm. see, that's the thing. It's a bit of a grey area. What actually is, is a remake, I mean, or is that just uh, a modern uh, yeah. prequel? Or you know, it's a you, you could call it a reboot, maybe. Even though that's a bit of a loaded term as well. <laughs> yeah, it's yes, yeah, it's just one of those terms that's a bit it's a bit up in the air. You can never really pin down what is what yeah. per se. I think it's quite clear with Resident Evil. Because they just take the same game with the same plot, everything, and remade it. Yeah, yeah. That thing that's quite clear, but you're probably right in that it's not quite clear as with with all the other games. So just so going back to Resident Evil just for a minute. So the, the, obviously the PC have had the HD remasters. Are they are they basically just HD versions of the GameCube remakes? From what I know, yes, it's essentially the same thing, higher resolution. Because that because obviously that was when they were all that was the original full remakes, wasn't it? Was the, yes, was the, you, you had that five-game pack on the GameCube. 
Yeah, that, that's essentially it's a new game in the sense that they didn't just take the old game and slap some new textures on it. That's made from scratch, from what I know. It'd be interesting to see if they carry on that, like if they do Nemesis as well. They, I mean, Resi, Resi 4 had a PC release anyway, so that wouldn't get redone, I don't that's think. That's true. I suppose if they do remake them, they could future-proof them, because if you... I suppose if you craft the game the right way, you can just make it in a way that you can upscale everything to 4K or 8K or whatever we use in like 5 to 10 years. And then the people can just keep using that copy. Yeah, just yeah, just have it have it so you can just download a, a new texture pack and then just update it that way. Yeah, I think that's that goes a little bit on the domain of modding, but I think a lot of a lot of modding communities have done that for older games like Star Wars Dark Forces or the Unreal series. Yeah, can get it, uh, it texture packs because Skyrim did an official HD texture pack that was made by Bethesda that you could download. And the question is, would that would? I guess if you if you apply that, then you almost have a remaster of sorts, even though it's still the same game, just modded, or with DLC. Yeah. So, so yeah, it just becomes even more muddy, doesn't it? That whole area. It does. But yeah, I think it's. Hmm, I'm not quite sure whether I would games to kind of be replaced by their remasters. I mean, I can see the appeal of like playing in a higher definition, or maybe with like better controls. But I think the original should still be preserved, if only to see how it was when it originally came out. Even though I can kind of see that it can be difficult or unappealing. There's some games, especially for early 3D games, yeah. that do do have not aged very well. Especially if the ones that had quote unquote realistic graphics back then. I recently played uh, one of the original Spec Ops games. And Spec Ops uh, Rangers Lead the Way, and that one has aged terribly. That's from, I think, 1996 or 7, and it looks like a 3D game from that era. And you can you can upscale it, but those textures have not aged well, and they don't get pretty if, if they are in high definition. Yeah. <laughs> no, I can, I can definitely understand that. It's, it's, it's weird that you, you can kind of go back and see... Now... If we go right back, way, way back to the to the eighties, and say there was a game that was released on the Spectrum, the ZX Spectrum on the Commodore sixty four, and then it later came out on the Amiga, would you consider that a HD remake of the time? Oh, that's a bit difficult. I think if it's on the Amiga, it's it's bound to look better. But I think what characterized games at the time was probably that every microcomputer looked different. Yeah. So you you didn't really have ports in the way. I mean if you if you have a, a game if you just look at the pure graphics, not the interface, like the buttons and everything, if you compare a PC to a PS4 to an Xbox game, you might not be able to actually distinguish them. Well at the end of the day on, they are the all game. the same hardware. Yes. Uh that so those are like quote-unquote real ports, but back then if you looked at games from that Spectrum and the Commodore and then maybe also the NES version and stuff, they, they were essentially the same game adapted. Those yeah, weren't even actual I, ports. They might have even run then, the same engine. Yeah, yeah, I suppose back then, oftentimes it was actually developed by a completely different team. 
from a completely different company. Just yeah, like, okay, we've made this version, can you now make that version? That's and, that's a very good question. Uh, those might actually occasionally even be demakes if it starts out on a on a different platform. Well, that, that was quite common one. with the Ataris, wasn't it? That you had yeah. the games come out on better systems and then they were basically demade for the Atari. Yeah, like in like some arcade games, infamously uh, Pac-Man, like Pac- which Pac-Man, was awesome, awful, awful, yeah. Or the the Space Invaders. I think there was an Atari Space Invaders version, or at least some some similar game. That's a good question. I think I think intuitively I would say no because they're contemporaries, but I don't really have a, a good rationale behind it. I would just my gut just says they're not they're not really remakes, but I couldn't give you a good explanation. Yeah, but how about so so something that would be a remake would be the Mario All Stars collection. Oh, that is true. Yeah, and same uh, game. To be honest, for for me now, it's probably become the definitive versions of those games. That if, is true. Given the choice, I will play the SNES remasters than the yes. originals. I considering that you have to, if you want to see everything of Super Mario Brothers Two, the Japanese version, you have to complete the the main eight stages eight times without warping. Yeah. And I'm afraid I'm just not going to do that ever. <laughs> no. That's just not going to happen. But since you mentioned those, I think some games... Uh, I don't know if you have played the Sonic the Hedgehog mobile games. And those might actually be considered the definitive version of those games because those are... The frame drops have been fixed. They are widescreen. And those are, and they also added, I think, Tails and Knuckles to one of the, some of the earlier games where they originally yeah. weren't available. Well, that would be a full-on. I mean, the, the mobile versions are a, would be a remake because they are a completely new engine that was built That's from true. scratch for Sonic. That's um, fair, but they, they look pretty much the same. It looks like Genesis oh, Sonic yeah. except they've, widescreen. They've, they've recreated it absolutely perfectly, and that's why they, they, it was it was um, it was the Taxman Christian Whitehead. Oh, that was the Sonic uh, Sonic Mania. Yeah, guy? Ba- basically, oh, okay. basically, basically, you had uh, uh, Pagoda West and uh, Christian Whitehead are two teams made up from the Sonic community. That's how he got his his thing in. He basically went because I think Sega had, had initially done a Sonic one for mobile and it was rubbish, and he basically built this brand new engine and went ego. His he, I've just made Sonic three in this in the in my own custom engine and it's flawlessly perfect to the Mega Drive but it's widescreen and everything else. And Sega went Alright <laughs> We'll put that out. Can you do Sonic one and two for us? Cheers. And then yeah, from there it basically went on and they made Mania the best Sonic well, I, game I, I in didn't twenty know years. He, he made Mania, but uh, I didn't know he did the the uh, the mobile ports. Yeah, I think I think the 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 original one he did was actually Sonic C D. Because I think Sonic CD came out before the rest of them. I think that was the first one that officially came out. Um, yeah, yeah, but that was Christian Whitehead who did that, who went on to make Mania. Yeah, so Ma- Mania is is basically a full-on fan project. Yeah, that explains why those ports are quite good, as opposed to let's say the Chrono Trigger mobile port. Uh, which yeah, I heard <laughs> about that. Yeah, I'm, I'm not quite sure. That's occasionally I have the feeling less work would have got like. A lazier part would have been better. The same as Final Fantasy. If they had just ported an emulator, yeah, it would have been fine. No one would have noticed, and it would have run perfectly as it did on the original system, and no one would it have minded. But now Final Fantasy VI has those chubby or chibi characters. 
which looked well, they, fully yeah, out they, of place. They gave it a 3D engine, didn't they? They basically remade yeah. the entire game. It's that looked just really weird. And with Chrono Trigger, there were the the filters people didn't really like, and the font looked terrible. Yeah, yeah I think a, a lazier part would have been the better product because everything people wanted were just Chrono Trigger on their their mobile device. And I'm not quite sure whether people even would have complained if it hadn't been in in widescreen. Because ultimately, it's not a game that definitely needs widescreen. It's nice to have. Yeah. But it's not it's not like a 3D game. If you have a 3D game, if you play Wind Waker on your mobile phone, then you probably want it to be widescreen. But for Chrono Trigger, for like a 16-bit error game, probably wouldn't have complained. People probably wouldn't have complained about that too much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, very true. Um, here you go. Here's a, here's a question. Going back to what we were talking about. What would you consider Sonic Mania to be? Is it a sequel? Is it a remaster? Is it a reboot? Because well, I mean, it seems to be a bit of everything. <laughs> I think it is. It's definitely... It's, it's almost like a... You, you know, like when an, a band brings out a greatest hits album and it's got like six or seven of their greatest hits, but then they just go, here's some songs we've never released before, even though they're not hits at all because no one's ever heard them. That's what Sonic Mania is to me. It's like a greatest hits. Here's the best levels from the Sonic franchise and here's some new ones. But it's not really a remake or a remaster or a reboot. It's just a bit of everything. I think it is, as you said, a bit of a best-off album. Yeah, what it's difficult to compare to anything because it is definitely a new game. It has a lot of throwback and homages and everything, but... Yeah, the amount of homages in that is ridiculous. They've brought back characters from games that were like like Sonic the Fighters, which people forget, or Sega Sonic the Hedgehog, the arcade game that used a trackball that no one's ever played. Oh, yeah. And they've that brought one back... Had the- yeah. They don't have this third character that never appeared what? again. I think it had uh, Sonic Mighty Tales. The and... Armadillo. Oh, yeah. Did that guy ever come back? I mean, it made sense because everybody's a ball in that game and armadillos are the most Is he coming animals. back? I think he's... Because they're, they're releasing DLC for Mania and I think he's in that as a new playable character. I think oh, you're that's right. amazing. And Ray the... something, Squirrel? But another one that came from a, you know, a one-off game. That is no one ever heard of before. Yeah. I think that I think Sonic Mania might even be not Sonic from back then, but Sonic how people remember it being, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. No, but if you go back to the original Sonic, then you might thought, ah, oh, it might be a little bit slower than you think, and a lot of the stages. The first one aside might not really support the fast gameplay style and stuff like that. But yeah. Sonic Mania is essentially that it's it is it's, it's your golden childhood memory, but it's the memory. It's not how your childhood actually was. Yeah, I, well, so, I mean that might actually be better. Go on, Dan. I I think it's a sequel. I think it's a new. It's just a new Sonic game that happens to trigger on a lot of homages and. And nostalgia. It's definitely not a reboot per se. It might be a reboot of well, no, it's it's not a reboot because it's nostalgia. Uh, yeah. Well, it would be maybe a style reboot, but not really. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, yeah. But as you uh, say, like, it's not really rebooting. Like how uh, the game that I didn't shut up about last year, as Terry will will mention, because I mention it every time he mentions Sonic Mania, uh, the Wonder Boy Dragon's Trap. Uh, oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah, it's that's so, a great game. And and, and th- that actually is a remaster because they took all of the original code 
and broke it all down and then converted it and and so when you flip between the two modes everything is is perfect yeah and you can do it on the fly you can break yeah and you can break that screen wipe as well so it's halfway across and all of the hitboxes are the same but everything is just new in that new mode but i won't go on about that but that's obviously one of yeah the, but you know that's something that I, I think they they did they did perfectly and it's a brilliant example of of how older games could be remastered uh but one thing i want to mention as we mentioned sonic mania was thimbleweed park which is obviously stylistically yeah. stylistically a, a lucas arts point and click yeah that's it's it maniac mansion stylistically as a sequel to maniac mansion exactly or Day of the Tentacle, or, well, a bit of both, really. No, I'd, I'd say it was straight up Maniac Mansion because of the, the style of the characters. The yeah, big the heads. Mm-hmm. Well, it shares so, characters as well. Dave, Dave, the main character, is, is in Thimbleweed Park. Uh, and obviously it's got the same visual style as, as Zack McCracken, but it's definitely not a, a remake or a remaster. It's definitely just another entry in the series. So... I would say that Mania is definitely another entry in the series, although it does obviously remaster, essentially, some of the earlier levels. But then they've also added in new mechanics on the second stage of those zones. Is that how it worked? Yeah. So, so for example, we break down the first, the first world, which is Green Hill from Sonic 1. The first level is basically level 1 and 2 from the original Mega Drive game stuffed together yeah and then you get to the end that's it it's just level one and two as you remember it couple of little changes here and there because obviously you can now play knuckles so there's a couple of bits where because the knuckles normally has a a completely different path through the level um but generally speaking it's level one and two from the mega drive then level two yeah adds starts adding new mechanics like there's a zip line and a different kind of um uh, weird loops and things like that yeah and then the second the same happens in the second one so chemical plant zone is pretty much level one and two from the mega drive one stopped together then the second level they add new mechanics and pretty pretty, pretty much works that way for all the old levels that have been brought back and it's not only so- not only the the new mechanics the actual music changes as well so the music in the first level is is you can tell it's been remade and is new but it's very much the same as the original Whereas the second level, more jazzed up remix version of the music. So, so it's, a, it's a hybrid remake and sequel, really. Yeah, that's what I mean. Or it's it's, it's, and it's a bit of everything. It's almost, you know, because the way I thought about Sonic uh, Mania is that obviously Christian Whitehead and Pagoda West did these ports for mobile and Sega just went, we don't know what we're doing with Sonic anymore. Have a go. And this is what they've come up with. They've just made basically, it's basically just a fan game. Yeah, they've gone. These are the levels we like. Here's some other stuff we designed. I mean, apparently some of the levels that are in there are stuff that's been, you know, there's there's parts of levels that have been in Sonic uh, ROM hacks and things like that that they've pulled. You know, they've they've been making in the past and they've just pulled that together, refined it, and made it into full level. Some some stuff's been bought in from you know beta versions of Sonic that never made the full game and they've built those up it's basically it, it's just a big fan game it's like an official rom hack yeah. <laughs> which which is kind of cool and it just turned out to be the best Sonic game in 20 years <laughs> uh that reminds me of something and that is Pac-Man so Ooh. there's no well there's no real like Sonic Mania Pac-Man but I'm pretty sure I only heard about this recently that is 
the, the best version of Pac-Man is probably Miss Pac-Man, which is essentially Pac-Man but better. It has different mazes. Yep, different and mazes, and the AI is slightly different for the ghost as well. Yeah, so the ghost AI is different. And Miss Pac-Man, I think it was either a hack or it was a hack by Midwest, the American publisher of Pac-Man. Yeah, it was Midway, and, I think, yeah. The- yeah, or Midway. And so that's not really, and not only that, but most of the versions of Pac-Man you can find today, not the official ones, but just old arcade cabinets or old arcade boards, they are the sped-up version. Not the original Pac-Man version, which is comparably slow. Yeah, so if, there was, if, if you yeah, remember the popular Pac-Man, one is, I think, I think it's Pac-Man, but run on Galaxian hardware, which is actually yeah, faster. So almost, almost, I think almost nobody like remembers the actual slow, non-Miss Pac-Man. But they, what people mostly remember is the not only Miss Pac-Man, which is already hack, but the hacked hack, yeah, the speedy <laughs> Miss Pac-Man. And I think uh, that's, I think that's almost that might be like the original, like fan remaster that like supersedes the. The actual original games. There's, there might be another game that, that did it earlier, but I think that just that just reminded me of that because yeah. that's not that's not only the game that is probably superior, but that's the game of, that people remember, not the slow Pac-Man. And whenever uh, whoever owns Pac-Man again, whenever they release another and version Namco. of Pac-Man and they, Namco, and whenever they include the original one, the arcade version, it's always the actual original, the slow one. Yeah. yeah. Was the same maze, and then people always go, "Well, this is really slow. This is not Pac-Man, <laughs> but it is. It's just not the. It's the official Pac-Man, which might not be the definitive version." Yeah, it, it always reminds me of, uh, say, in the at least in the UK, from my experience, you would hardly ever see an official Street Fighter Two machine. That is true. You would always find one of the dodgy bootlegs where you could flip characters with the start button and do. Fireballs in midair and and, and do loads the, of weird the stuff. Edition. Yeah, Rainbow Edition or the Phoenix Edition was another popular one. Black Belt Edition was another, but you, you'd never see an original. <laughs> you'd always find a hack somewhere. You know, the, the, you know uh, just to suddenly talk about local local things, but uh, you know the Link Terry. Yeah. Yeah, they had a Street Fighter Two cabinet in the uh, locked away in the caretaker's room. I'm pretty sure that was just a bog standard Street Fighter Two cabinet, not a not a hacked one. And how long just, ago was this? Are they willing to sell it or, or uh, what? <laughs> if I remember correctly, my cousin wasn't at the family event because Jarvis Cocker was touring with Pulp on his first successful album. So, I think this was probably the best bit of 15 years ago. Fair enough. So yeah, I <laughs> that's don't true. Know. Probably long gone then. Actually, longer, longer than that, actually. I'd have been about 11, so uh, <laughs> 10 years ago. I mean, 20 years. I mean, 10 years ago. But, yeah. So, but, yeah, I I had heard as such about cabinets, actually, that, that it, it was a lot of bootlegs that were technically around, which are, are not remake. Well, they are. They're fan remakes, aren't they, I suppose? Or yeah. just pirated versions. <clears throat> I, it does I, bring us. It does bring us on to the fact, though, that Street Fighter is probably the one of the most remade, remastered, yes, bloody games ever released. <laughs> that is true. Like Street Fighter Two is the, it's the immortal video game. It just, it it survived its own sequels. 
Yeah, it did. And it's, I mean, I mean, the latest one on the Switch is what I, what I would say the definitive version of it now. But that's just until the next one comes out. Because <laughs> they do true. seem to make them, even though it is pretty much the same game, they make them always worth upgrading to, if you know what I mean. When obviously the newest one on the Switch has got 1080p graphics. They've redrawn every single animation frame, which obviously admittedly was mainly done for the 2007 uh, HD version on Xbox and things like that. But it looks fantastic and it plays fantastic and it's got everything in it you could want out of Street Fighter 2. It's just a flawless version. And you can, like with... Uh, uh, Dragon Strap, like Dan was saying, you can go to the old graphics, or you can have the new graphics, or the old sound, or the new sound, and that's yeah. that's the best kind of remake. I really like that yeah. if they do that. Yeah. But that that brings up a, another point, and that is arcade games. So games, I mean, of course, a lot of arcade games were ported to home consoles, but unless you had a Neo Geo and were like a millionaire and could actually afford games for the Neo Geo. <laughs> Then those arcade games, those might games you you played in the arcade, and then they disappeared forever. Because not only are they old games, but some of them were weren't even made to ever be be home games. And oh, there's only true. so many arcade cabinets you can put into your in your cellar. So I think that's another another good point about those games is that again it's about preser- preservation. That not only do you can you still play an old game, it might be the first time you can actually ever play that game on your home console and uh, I mean I know I've been all over the place in this in this conversation uh, there was there was a bit where I wasn't here there was a bit where I was arguing for something and then all of a sudden flipped around but uh, <laughs> that's but fine that's I fine. think uh, I think re- reissuing or reissuing onto new formats when games had really limited runs reissuing onto digital I think that's absolutely fine I mean like the PS3 got a digital copy of Tumbi or Tumba, obviously, because it was as the American version, and also Vib Ribbon, and those are games that I could simply never find in stores uh, back when they came out because the internet wasn't really a thing, uh, and so you know that kind of stuff is absolutely a okay with me, I guess. So oh yeah, definitely, that's, that's it's, my especially statement, I guess. Yeah, I mean, no, I I completely agree with you, especially when certain games, like like you mentioned, Vibribbon there. Oh, and Earthbound, Earthbound on the on the on the Wii U that was released yeah. as well. That never got a yeah. UK UK release. The cartridge I've got is a is an American one. Yeah, but I, I'm with you. I completely agree with uh, the re-release to digital, purely because, uh, especially what one of the games you mentioned there, Vibribbon, was one of the games that went very rare and got very expensive very quickly. Monster Rancher as well because they took they took information off of the disc that you put in afterwards as well didn't they because Vibribbon you were playing through the CD that you put into the PS1 afterwards yeah 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 you could you could switch the disc out yeah yeah but yeah it was yeah I I I, you you definitely need them in that case because some of those games do get ridiculously expensive. And a lot of the a lot of the time, I found, especially I think when the the Earthbound re-release came out, the physical copies went down in price. Yes, yeah. Because a lot of people they just wanted to play it. It wasn't a case of oh, I need to have this for my collection. They just wanted to play the damn game. Yep. And that's why it went up. So when it got released digitally, the price the price plummeted. And I think, to be honest, that's a good thing. 
I hate the fact that certain games come on so much money in the retro market now. I mean, that's going completely off the topic, but, you know. <laughs> that's a topic for another week. Yes. Another week well, when Toby's not here. Yeah, but I would say it's... But it's, I think it, it fits the topic because it does mean that you can actually play the game again without having to own old hardware, without spending a fortune on a game that used to cost like a reasonable price. Yeah, definitely. That's the thing. I mean, I like like yourself, Leo. I, I love a bit of emulation, but if I've got the opportunity to play it on original hardware, I'll take that. I'll take that any day. That's true, and even even if you do emulate. There's some arcade games. You mentioned Sega Sonic the Hedgehog. You can play that with a trackball, but that's maybe not the, the optimal way to do so. So, or or worth if, if it's a light gun game. Oh, those yeah, might I mean, be almost unplayable. Uh, point blank. There are ways around it. To be honest, I mean there are new guns you can get now that work on LCD screens. Um, Wii remotes actually work surprisingly well in MAME <laughs> for does, gun games. Work. I did not know that. Yeah, because because you can basically use a Wii remote on a PC and make it emulate the mouse cursor. So you use that with a MAME game, and when then when you calibrate it in MAME, it it works really well. Could you? No, I take that back. I I started talking before I thought. <laughs> what okay. was it? Oh, no, can can you get point blank running, mate? If so. you have an old CRTV, oh, then you can. Okay. Um, what do you mean? Um, emulated? Yeah, we can. If we can use a mouse, it's not as good. <laughs> yeah, but can you get a Wii remote to do it? Um, probably. To be honest, if, if needs be, I'll just set up my CRT TV and I've got it on PlayStation and I've got a gun. <laughs> there we go. That's, that's your homework. That's, that's the first thing B3 Retro Local or whatever it's called do. Yes, I've only got one gun though. So if you've got a second gun... I have. I've, I've got the official Time Crisis G-Con. Excellent. Bring that round then. We'll plug them both in. Done. Job done. <laughs> But but do you have this like foot pedal for Time Crisis no, too? No, I, I. You don't need it. You just use a pad. Did you not know you could do that? Uh, I did not, to be honest. Yeah, you just plug in literally a normal controller to the second uh, player port, and literally every button on the controller becomes the thing. So you just put it on the floor and tap it with your toe. <laughs> I did not know that. It was it was brilliant. Can this, you stomp on your old? Atari 600 controller on. <laughs> that does work. But yeah. So, I think on that, that's going to bring us to the end of uh, this week's podcast. So, I thank Dan and Leo for joining me. And from all of us here, we will see you next time. Bye for now. Take care. Bye. Bye.